I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number three of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got an absolutely tremendous hour for you as we've got a lot of college basketball action that is going to be going down on Thursday. So. Got to give you a plenty of picks and analysis there. And on top of that, we've got some nice NBA action to take a look at as well. Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's going to be joining me for that. We'll see if he's got any tennis as well for this Thursday. Sometimes he does, sometimes he does not. But the tennis action is something that he does a very good job with. So we're going to be diving in there. I personally don't take as much of a look with regards to tennis, but... As I always like to say on the show, money is money. Whether you're betting on golf or soccer, like we were talking about in hour number two, whether you're taking a look at the NBA, NFL, XFL, we do not judge. As long as you are cashing tickets and as long as you are picking winners, that is all that matters. Like, I might be diving into the KBO once again this year. That's always been one that I've found to be very interesting ever since the COVID pandemic hit, so... I do think that there's lots of ways to be able to get to the window, and we try to unearth every single one of them here on the Greg Peterson Experience, and that involves taking a look at some smaller games on the college basketball betting board as well. We've talked a lot about more of these bigger conference tournaments here on the show. How about if we give a little bit of love to the Patriot League here as the Patriot League quarterfinals, that is getting hot and heavy on Thursday, so... 
Let's dive in and let's take a look at a team that I think is a little bit too big of a favorite. 306595, 306596. Colgate is going to be playing against the Loyola Maryland. You're going to need Colgate to win by a lot to get a minty fresh cover. They're anywhere between a 15 and a half to a 16 point favorite with your total 144 and a half. Loyola Maryland has been playing better with their offense recently. They've gotten to at least 73 points in four of their last five games, and they really do have a nice duo down low. And Alonzo Foray along Golden DK will have been able to combine for right around 13 rebounds per game. And then we've got the trio in the backcourt. And as we will help things out now, it's a Loyola Maryland team that they rank outside the top 250 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. That is far from terrific, but you've got a trio of guys and Kenny Jones, along with Jalen Andrews, Deion Perry. These three guys have been able to do a nice job combining for right around 34.5 points per contest. You've got a pair of guys in Jones and Perry who have been able to combine for in that neighborhood about 41.5% from three-point range. Andrews does not do as great of a job with that, but he also helps out on the boards, giving you right around 4.2 rebounds per game. The duo in Perry along Jones, by the way, these two guys, 3.4 steals, they're able to give you right around five and a half assists per game. And last time these two teams played, Loyola Maryland would have covered this number despite the fact that Colgate in that game went 10 of 20 from three par range. Now, this is a Loyola Maryland team that has been getting rather barbecued from three par range. Opponents are shooting right around 35.8% from three par range against them. That is a bottom 70 mark in the country. And this is a Colgate team that they're going to light it up from three par range. Colgate. They're shooting 40.6% from three-point range. That is numero uno in all of college basketball. This team has been just a lightning rod with that regard. Their top scorer honestly doesn't shoot it well from three-point range. Chucker Richardson, he's been shooting right around 33% from three. Gives you 14 points, five boards, two steals, 5.2 assists per game. He just does a little bit of everything. But Oliver Lynch Daniels is doing it once again. Oliver Lynch Daniels among qualifying D1 players last year but all of college basketball, in terms of three-point shooting percentage, he shot 54.5% from three. He has seen a massive fall off this year. He's shooting a paltry 50% from three-point range. The fact that he shot over 50% from three last year and is following it up shooting 50% again this year, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And then you got Brandon Smith, who's able to do a nice job doling out the ball as well. Now, the one thing I will say, and the reason why you're finding this total to be so low is that this is not a Colgate team that's going to go out there and run it and gun it. Really, both of these teams are not going to. As both of these teams are outside the top 200 in terms of total possessions per game. And Colgate has made ramp up their defense a little bit more as well. This Colgate team was playing the Olay style of defense to begin the college basketball season. They've been able to do a nice job of being able to buckle down recently as it's a Colgate team that comes into this Patriot League tournament having given up fewer than 70 points and now... Uh, seven out of their last nine games so maybe they would do a much better job of batting down the hatches on that front but i do think that this is just a little bit of an overinflated number with regards to colgate because loyal maryland they have been much more lively recently they started out the year really really rough they've been able to find more in the backcourt i do think that loyal maryland gonna be a hold in there be able to get a cover i did set this number more in that neighborhood about a 15 so being able to get 16 i'm gonna be willing to take these points and with regards to the total, I do think that this total is set just a little bit too low. I set my total at 145. This is going to be a true home court game for Colgate. So you don't have to mess around with any of these neutral court sites or anything like that. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over. And I'm going to be taking a look at the points with Loyola of Maryland. Another game that is out there in the Patriot League that I do think is of intrigue is 
How about our U.S. Naval Academy, 306-597, 306-598, American and Navy. I mean, that's a great game if you're patriotic, as American is an eight-point underdog, and your total, it is between 126 and 126F. Do you want to back America's Navy, or do you want to be an American? I'm going to be going with American in this spot. I set them as an underdog of more around six half points. This is a line that was at nine very recently as well. We're seeing the money come in on American, and I do think very rightfully so. It is an American team that they play at an almighty slog, and the one thing that you've got to avoid with American, turnovers. They turn the ball for 14 times per game, which that doesn't sound too bad until you realize that American is as slow as molasses. Out of your 363 D1 teams, American is playing at a bottom 20 pace in all of college basketball. So that is a little bit less than terrific. It's an American team, though, that they've got Mark Rogers along Johnny O'Neill. Both of these guys stand a little bit north of 6'6". Six six. They combine for 26 points. They combine to shoot right in that neighborhood about 40% from three, and they both haul in there right around six rebounds per game apiece. Now, Navy is a team that has one out there and has really been just shooting it well from three-point range. And it's a Navy team that began the season playing really badly on defense. They've gotten back to their roots on that front. Navy actually, in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis in a road slash record environment last year, they were the number one team in all of college basketball. They took a big, giant fall off towards the beginning of the year this year. Maybe they've locked it down on that front. But you did take a look at your top four scores for Navy, and they all shoot at least 37.2% from three-point range. Matter of fact, your top five scorers shoot at least 36.3% from distance. Christian Jones, your best bomber from three-point range, shooting 45% from the outside. But you've got Daniel Deaver, Sean Yoder, Tyler Nelson. These three guys have been able to combine for, in that neighborhood, about 37 points per game. You get at least five rebounds per game out of all these guys. Now, you don't get much outside of your main starters for Navy. This is not a team that's able to go as deep as they have in past years, but they're a team that they've got that good top-end talent. And you look at the way that this team has been able to emerge on defense. This Navy bunch has allowed 65 points or fewer in each of their last five games, and they have allowed 68 points or fewer in each of their last nine. So they've really been able to buckle down on defense after having a little bit of a brutal start to the season. But I do think that American is a little bit of a tough matchup for them. As a matter of fact, the reason why I had to throw out there the numbers that I did, the last time they gave up north of 68 points in a game, that was a loss that they took on their home floor to, you guessed it, American. American does seem to have a good little antidote to this Navy team because they do have size. They're able to go bombs away from three-point range. Colin Small, he's come up big for this American team. He's able to supply you with right around nine or so points per game. Shoots it well from three. Elijah Stevens, four assists per game. And Navy not creating turnovers the way that they have in the past. So I do think that this is a good matchup for American. I do think that this is going to be bogged down from what we saw the first time around as well. That first game was a 73-69 to 69 slobber knocker. So I do think that now that American has been able to rein it in a little bit more with their rebounding, Navy has been able to do a significantly better job with their defense. Now we're going to see a lower scoring affair in this one. Going to be taking a look at the under semi total 124.5, and I'm looking at the points with American as well. How about if we take a look at this game, even though it's not a conference tournament game, it is one of intrigue, and it's one that I think is quite a bit mispriced. 723, 724 on the betting board. You've got Florida International, and they're going to be hitting the road to face off against Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech is anywhere between a 5.5 to a 6-point favorite. Your total on this game is 143.5. The big thing for Louisiana Tech is right now they're without their top scorer, and as a matter of fact, their top scorer is no longer with the program. 
As a result, they have went straight down the toilet bowl recently as Kobe Williams, who has given the team 18.5 points, 4 assists, 2 steals, shooting 34.5% from 3-point range, has not played since Valentine's Day. And, well, the, the apparently Louisiana Tech got dumped on Valentine's Day because ever since he has left the program, the team has played four games. They have lost all four of these games by at least seven points, and they have not broken the 67-point plateau in any of them. Louisiana Tech, without having Williams in the fold, they have also throttled down their tempo by about six possessions per game. They go up against the Florida national team that is in the top 45 nationally in terms of total possessions per game, and they're going to have the best score out there on the floor. That'd be Denver Jones, who's able to give you 19 points per game. Now, the one thing about Florida national is that they don't have necessarily good rebounding. They don't have a single guy that gives you north of 4.2 rebounds per game. You've been relying upon Mohamed Sanogo along with Arturo Dean and Nico Dorama. All these guys give between four and four and a half rebounds per game, but I don't have a lot of that, but take a look at the Louisiana Tech team. They've got two guys on the roster right now that give you north of three and a half rebounds per game. Isaiah Crawford, Mr. Do-It-All, 13 points, five and a half boards. She's 43 and a half percent for three-point range, but this Louisiana Tech team does not get after it on the glass. They're really relying upon, oh, I don't know, Kobe Williams to be able to give them steals. Now they don't have that. I set my line at two and a half. Louisiana Tech has not been the same team without them. They have really been throttling down their tempo, and I do think that this is going to lead to a little bit of a lower scoring slog. I said my total 142.5. I'm diving under, and I'm going to be taking the points with the Panthers of Florida National. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at a little NBA, and if we've got it, some tennis with Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, as he joins me next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you are looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you bu- have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. And VSIN Pro subscribers, they get access to everything that we do. Daily recap with the top plays made by VSIN shows and guests, tools like betting splits. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, daily props, and so much more. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That is VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and it's always great to be joined by this gentleman. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Scott Reichel joining me, and Scott, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. A lot of fun this time of year with March. You know you know what that means, but you got conference tournaments. I know you're very excited about that. Absolutely, and you are a graduate of the state of Wisconsin. We'll dive into the NBA in just a second, but Wisconsin is a four-point underdog against Purdue. Have any sort of a thought on this game? Because... As we know, the Wisconsin Badgers are very good at the Kohl Center, and this has been a Purdue team that has had a lot of narrow escapes on the road. So I do find this to be very intriguing. I can't get there outright on Wisconsin, but I'm willing to take the four. Yeah, I, I think that this game's going to come down to the wire. Uh, from this just historical sense, Wisconsin's always given Purdue problems in the Kohl Center. Uh, but I do think you'll end up seeing a pretty ugly game here. Wisconsin has to win ugly. It's the only way that they can win. So I don't mind an under, maybe a Purdue team total under. But I do think with the ability of Wisconsin to get back to stop transition offense, I think Purdue potentially is going to struggle in this matchup. I'm going to lean to Wisconsin plus the points. The line looks dangerously short. Like people would think that Purdue's free money type of short. If it's too good to be true, it usually is. I'm going to lean to Wisconsin. 
I absolutely love it. I'm sort of thinking the same way as well. I think that there's going to be a lot of people like, oh, we only need Purdue to win by four points. And it's just like, yeah, this, the Big Ten is very, very pesky when these teams hit the road. And I know that's something that is going to be very pesky as well as taking a look at the NBA moving forward. I know that you've got a few plays for Thursday, but what did you make out of the debut of Kevin Durant? Looked relatively solid for the Suns. He was able to score 20 plus points. The Suns one handily against the Charlotte Hornets, but I think it's worth repeating. It was against the Charlotte Hornets. It was. I thought he looked fine. Uh, I know he went to the locker room briefly, but he came back out. Um, my main takeaway was trying to find some advantages with player props moving forward. Chris Paul under in points might be worth a look. I know he went one for eight from the floor, but he scored about two points in that game, and I saw his number was still in double digits. And just conceptually, with Booker and with Durant and their ability to score in isolation, Chris Paul's not going to need to shoot that much. I think that Chris Paul under in points moving forward might be the move, or maybe he could just pivot to assists. But the Suns defensively look solid. Aiden looked good. They looked like a very solid team, but they played a Hornets team with no LaMelo ball, which is equivalent to being one of the worst teams in the league. Good win, but at the end of the day, I got to see them play against somebody a little bit better before I read much into it. Yeah, it's been rough for the Hornets to say the least all season long, but now without LaMelo ball, it's a bad situation that has just gotten worse. And, well, when it comes to these two teams, the situation has not been great. The Indiana Pacers hit their own face-off against the San Antonio Spurs, which, out of all the teams tanking for Wembayama, I mean, the San Antonio Spurs might be doing the best job out of all of them. I give them a little bit of credit, which is something I never thought that I would say, but here we are with the Spurs being a 4-4.5 four four point home underdog against the Pacers with a total of anywhere between 238.5 and 239.5. How do you view this game? Because it's been a pair of teams that have been grody on defense, to say the least. But at the same time, I just don't know if you can trust in both of these teams to be able to net you north of 120 points. Yeah, well, first of all, the uh, Spurs were definitely leading the Wimbanyama sweepstakes. But the Rockets have kind of showed up and taken the lead. So we'll see what <laughs> happens because Houston's getting buried by 20 every game. But I'm going to go with the over in this one at 238 and a half. I just see a lot of points being scored because both teams are awful defensively and both teams play very quickly. The Spurs rank 7th in pace. Pacers rank 9th. Spurs rank 30th in defensive efficiency. Pacers rank 26th. The Spurs have allowed at least 120 points in 16 of their last 23 games. And that's that's not even, that's including some games where they allowed like 119, 118, some teams that barely missed it. But they just hand out 120 all the time. And the first meeting the season between these teams landed in the 270s. So I think this oh. total is a little bit too low. I understand that people might be intimidated by it because it is a high number in general. With these two teams, I don't think it is. Once again, 270s in the first meeting with no overtime. I'm on the over here. I see a lot of points. Yeah, that's relatively brutal. And this is going to be a game that... They're thinking there's going to be a little bit more defense played as we've got the Raptors and the Wizards. This is a total that is hovering right around 223 and a half. I know that some places have this off the board just because you've got load management and injury concerns really on both sides in this game. But where are you leaning in terms of Raptors versus Wizards knowing full well that we might see some late injury information when it comes to this one? Yeah, for me, you mentioned the defense. I'm going to back it. I'm going to go with the under in this spot at 223 and a half. Porzingis is supposed to play. Once again, we'll see as it gets closer to game time. But both teams, pace-wise, the opposite of the Spurs and the Pacers, they are very slow. Raptors rank uh, 25th in pace. Wizards rank 21st. The Raptors offensively have really not been great lately, but defensively they've been solid. The Raptors have scored less than 105 points in each of their last three games. 
And if you want to go through some historical numbers, each of the last three meetings have landed below 215. 223 and a half, I understand, might seem like a decent number in today's NBA, but based on Toronto's defense lately, and really the lack of offense and the, I'll just say, underwhelming amount of pace that both teams play at, I like the under here. I think this game probably finishes somewhere in the two teens. And then do you have anything in terms of the 76ers versus Dallas Mavericks game? Because the Dallas Mavericks, it's the good old Kyrie Irving experience. And for teams not named the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Kyrie Irving experience has been far from terrific. Offense has been there for the Dallas Mavericks. As expected, the defense has been a little bit less than savory, to say the least. And right now, seeing the uh, Dallas Mavericks in a lot of spots, anywhere between about a three to a three and a half point favorite. I'm not going to lay the points with Dallas. I know that Philly's on a back-to-back, but the MB did not play yesterday. So he's in a decent shape, I'd say, to play in this game. But the one thing about Luka and Kyrie together, we know they're going to score a bunch of points. They can't stop anybody. It's why, the, it's why they've been losing games. But I'm going to lean to Philly here. I just think at the end of the day, they're the better overall team. Dallas is very top-heavy. I do like Josh Green and a couple of the smaller pieces there for Dallas. But until they stop anybody... I'm not going to back them laying points. And looking at them at home when they lay points, they are atrocious against the spread. I get people are going to fade Philly because they played yesterday. But I do think Embiid resting in that game is a good sign that he will suit up for this matchup. And Dallas has no answers on the inside for Embiid. Embiid might walk into 40 in this game. It wouldn't surprise me. So give me Philly in this spot. I Until I see Dallas play any shed of defense, I'm not going to lay points with them. Yeah, I cannot blame you there, and I am of the same mindset as well. And you just never know when something's going to go wrong with a Kyrie Irving-based team. You're just waiting for it to happen at this point. And when it comes to this team, they have been having some of the most dramatic splits in all of the NBA. That would be the Golden State Warriors. At home, very rock solid. On the road, anything but rock solid. And right now, they are at home. But it's the Clippers who open up as a three-point road favorite, Golden State no doubt about it. They've been dealing with a whole bunch of injuries. This is a number that is off the board in a lot of spots due to those injury concerns really on both sides, along with a little bit of load management as well. Where do you stand in terms of Clippers versus Warriors? So conceptually, I'm not going to lay points with Los Angeles on the road, especially based in current form. They've lost three straight games. They had the double overtime choke job against the Kings where they were up like 13 with four minutes to go and they blew the game. Then they lost to Denver the game after. Then they no-showed offensively against Minnesota at home in their last game. I understand that talent-wise, you have Kawhi has been very good. Paul George has been solid. Westbrook, we know, has passed his prime, but he's still a high-profile guy. They are awful in the fourth quarter of games, and they've been the entire season. They are really bad down the stretch. And I'm not a big Ty Lue guy. I really don't think that he's a great coach, and I think he's highly overrated as a coach. I'm going to lean to Golden State 25-7 and straight up at home. I think they're in a decent spot here. And I'm assuming the public will be all over the Clippers. But I do like a player prop in this game. I actually like Kawhi Leonard over three and a half assists. It's around minus 140, so it is a bit juicy. But he's had at least four assists in six of his last seven games. He's had at least four assists in 10 of his last 12. And he's also had at least four assists in each of his last seven games against Golden State. Three and a half for a guy that should play north of 35 minutes, I'd say, in a must-win game for the Clippers since... Every team in the West is basically competing for a playoff spot. I think it's a good spot for, to take Kawhi over. Three and a half sounds very low for an assist total. And am I maybe digging a little bit too much here, but do you make anything about the Clippers just playing so many overtime games as well and that perhaps contributing a little bit to the fact that they've been wearing down late in games? 
It could, but this issue has been around for months. If you followed the Clippers for most of the season, they really have struggled in the fourth quarter constantly with a lack of spacing, a lack of proper play calling. It seems like Kawhi and Paul George just take turns isolating, but now they added Russell Westbrook to the equation. But we saw this on TV against the Bucks a couple weeks ago. They were up by a bunch of points. They scored no points in the final four minutes. It's happened for a while. This team down the stretch just cannot close out games. It's why I think they're pretty fraudulent come playoff time. Yep, I do think that the Clippers, they're not going to be able to get it done in the West. I am right there with you. But a man that always gets it done is Scott Rachel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And he's going to be joining me next to talk a little NHL and talk some tennis as well. That's up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. In addition to new shows, VSN will be kicking off some new podcasts to give every better the insights and confidence to make smarter betting decisions. VSN continues to expand its ever so large category of popular sports betting podcasts to corner every market in the sports betting menu. No matter what sports you like and how experienced you are, you'll find a podcast that's perfect for you. Like the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast. Host Tim Murray hosts this three times a week with rotating co-hosts Matt Humans and Adam Burke taking a look at sides, totals, everything that you need to know in college basketball. And then you've got Danny Burke who does the VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast with our expert Andy McNeil twice a week taking a look at all things on the ice. You're able to subscribe to all of those and just all of our podcasts at vcin.com slash podcast. That's also where you go if you miss any hour of the Greg Peterson Experience or any other show here on vcin, as it is a Greg Peterson Experience on vcin, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Scott Reichel, who does absolutely amazing work at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Scott, we talked in the last segment a little bit about the NBA. Now let's dive into some NHL and let's dive into a game that I think is relatively interesting. It's the Seattle Kraken and the Detroit Red Wings. And what's interesting about this is that it is a pick em line. You're finding it minus 110 both ways at darn near every book with a total of six and a half. Where do you stand on this one? Because the Seattle Kraken have been a very nice surprise, but they are going to be needing to travel from west to the Midwest in Detroit. For me, I'm going to go with the Kraken on the road here. They've been a very solid road team. They're 18 and 12 straight up on the highway. Detroit's 15 and 15 straight up at home. But you're looking at the Red Wings, and they have really not been playing good hockey lately. Uh, to go through the numbers here, they've lost each of their last three games by at least three goals. And this team's competing for a playoff spot, so it's definitely a problem that they're dealing with. But based on how badly this team has played, it's one thing if you're going to lose to Ottawa once. But to lose to them back-to-back nights 6-1 and 6-2, I have problems with how Detroit's played lately. I'm going to lean to Seattle. I just have more faith in this team's consistency. Absolutely, and I do think that this team provides a little bit of value on the money line. I recognize that the Tampa Bay Lightning have just been a complete juggernaut in the NHL the last few years, but being able to get the Pittsburgh Penguins at plus 140 to plus 150 feels like relatively solid value. They are going to be on the road for this one. What are you saying in terms of the Penguins versus the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yeah, that's right where I'm going. I'm going with the Penguins money line at around plus 145. Penguins have won three straight after a bit of a slump there. They seem to have gotten themselves back on track. The Lightning, though, quietly in a bit of a tailspin here as they've lost three of their last four. And the Penguins have dominated the head-to-head series this season. 
They've won each of the two meetings this season by four goals, and they're plus 140. I'm really confused by the line here. I know the argument is that Elliott was the starting goalie in the last game, and now you're going to have Vasilevsky back in net. But Pittsburgh's dominated the head-to-head so far, and once again, plus 140 is an insane price for me. Tampa had the really long point streak at home. That got snapped a game or two ago. So I'm going to go with the Penguins here. They're in better form. Plus 145 or so is a great price, but the team that's in better form, give me Pittsburgh. And this team has been in relatively solid form throughout the entirety of the season. That would be the New York Rangers, and that's being priced into this one. They're minus 175 at home against the Ottawa Senators. Total on this game is 6.5. I know that a lot of books have not posted this up. You've got a few concerns on both sides as to guys who are going to be going or not, but what are you saying in terms of Rangers versus Senators? Because with the Senators... I just so remember how bad this team was like two to three years ago. They certainly have been able to rise up, but this is also a Rangers team that has been taking no prisoners at home this year as well. Yeah, and Patrick Kane's supposed to make his debut tomorrow, which definitely helps. But I think there's actually value in Ottawa in this spot. You're looking at the Senators at around plus 150. The Rangers just came off of an overtime win in Philly yesterday. There's not that much travel involved, but still technically some travel. But they went to overtime. You had Tristorkin in net, so I'm assuming Halak's going to be in net, who's the backup goalie. But Ottawa this season has been a surprise, and they actually made a trade at the deadline. It's one of the only times in the last couple of years they've been buyers at the trade deadline. So they're kind of making a playoff push here, but they've won three straight games by three-plus goals. Uh, you're looking at the head-to-head meetings against the Rangers this season. They lost the first meeting on November 30th, 3-1. to They did win in MSG on December 2nd in overtime. So you have an Ottawa team that has won an MSG earlier this season and a team that's had a bit of a rest advantage here. The Rangers using a backup goalie with travel involved, I think it's a bit concerning as a scheduling spot, especially an overtime game. I'm going to lean to Ottawa. I think plus 150 is a good price. I do think so as well. I do think that we've got quite a bit of value on these underdogs in the NHL for Thursday. And I know you're looking for a little bit of value on the tennis card for Thursday as well as Novak Djokovic. He's going to be in action. This one is going to be very early if you're out west. This is going to be a 7 a.m. start Pacific time, but we're going to Dubai for this one. It is Novak Djokovic. He's going to be going up against Hubert Herzog. Herzog right around a plus $6 underdog. Any chance that Novak Djokovic gets upset? And if he doesn't get upset, is there any value in terms of taking a look at something alternate in this match? Well, it's Djokovic's first match, uh, first tournament since the Australian Open. He recovered from his leg injury. He said he was around 100%, a little bit below it when the tournament started. And he was a bit he was a bit shaky in his first match. Got taken to three sets and a tiebreak, actually, to Makic, a relatively young, unknown player. However, he got back on track yesterday, destroyed Greek Spore, and I do think he's in good form once again. I think he, I like the match under here. I think Djokovic is going to win this match comfortably. Herkaz has been solid lately. He just won a title in Marseille over the weekend. But he hasn't taken any time off, so I am concerned about fatigue here, especially with Djokovic being able to keep the ball in play. They faced off four times in their careers. Djokovic is 4-0 head-to-head, and they've played one time on hard court. It was in May of 2022, and Djokovic won that match 6-3, 6-4. Herkaz has won matches here because uh, he's still alive in the tournament, but he hasn't exactly looked sharp. Got taken to 7-5 against Kotov yesterday. Djokovic seemed to have kind of ironed out the kinks after a shaky first-round match. I think Djokovic probably rolls here, but Herc has the issue he has is unforced errors, and Djokovic, we know, is as steady as a rock. I'm going to go Djokovic and Herc has under 20.5. I see a similar scoreline to the May, 20, uh, May of 2022 matchup. 
Give me a 6-3-6-4, type of match, but I'll go with the under. And I do have to give you a little bit of credit on this one, Scott. Week in and week out, we always talk about some tennis that typically we've got guys with like 27 syllables <laughs> in their last name, so... Thank you for keeping it a little bit more calm this week as we've also got out there. We're going to Chile for this one. Christian Guerin, he's going to be taking on Sebastian Baez. Baez is about a minus 145 to a minus 150 favorite. What do you saying on this one? Baez is able to rise up a little bit more. I feel like he's a tad bit of an underrated guy, and I do think that this could be a relatively good spot for him. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, you're looking at the money line, as you said. I don't mind that play. I'm going to look to the games, though. I'll be a bit greedy. I'll go with minus two and a half games at minus 110. They played in February of 2022 in Cordoba. Baez won in three sets. However, the two sets he did win were 6 1 6 1, and he ended up winning and easily covering. So, Baez, I know, is a phenomenal returner, and he's got great movement. It's why he's kind of a clay court specialist, because he's very, very undersized. But looking at how this court has played out so far in Chile, a lot of weird hops on the actual clay. A lot of, I'd just say, interesting rallies going on because it seems like the balls have taken weird hops. I think it benefits Baez here. Green has been known to hit a decent amount of unforced errors from time to time. And he did win his first round match against Dominic Team, who was a former top five player in the world, former U.S. Open champion. Team, ever since the injury with his wrist, has really not been anywhere near the same guy. And I think that that victory is highly overrated because of how underwhelming team has been for the last year or so. Green, though, he's been pretty streaky, mostly underwhelming entering this tournament. Now, he is Chilean, so he does have the home crowd advantage. But Baez, I think, is the better player. He's been comfortable on clay. In fact, he even won a clay court tournament about a month ago. Give me Baez to win this match kind of comfortably. Maybe Green wins a set, but Baez's ability to really dominate a set 6-1 I think it's what can separate him in the games category here. Give me bias to win and to probably cover this two and a half game spread. And is this much like what we see in just more of your normal sports, like the NFL, college basketball, what have you, where you sort of have just an ordeal where you're able to take the money line on that favorite, but you're also able to just lay the games like you're doing in this match? It's not always the same thing because with clay, especially, you see a lot of breaks of serve. So you have to wonder if bias will have an issue holding for me, I just think Baez is the better player, just simply put. I feel like people are putting stock into Green being at home and beating up on a pretty underwhelming Dominic team at this stage in his career. I just think Baez is the much better player. He he won the head-to-head -head meeting earlier on clay uh, pretty handily. I just think he's the much better option. So sometimes on uh, on in tennis, you might want to just take the money line to play it safe. But I feel like in this spot, the talent differential is pretty noticeable, in my opinion based on recent form, I'm just going to go with Baez on the games. I do think that it's going to be a great week on the, or it's going to be a great week on the clay. I think that we've got a lot that is going to be going down. And Scott, you do a great job of handicapping it all. You do a great job with tennis. I know that we were talking a little NHL, NBA, list goes on and on. You cover it all. Always do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Looking forward to uh, sweating out some college basketball bets with you for the conference tournament season. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And we're both going to be sweating out what we're going to be noticing in the Wisconsin versus Purdue game for Thursday as well. And coming up in the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience, I'm going to give you guys my DK nation pick for this college basketball Thursday. And just what I all like on the card in general, that's going to wrap things up on the Greg Peterson experience next year on Visa and the sports bank network.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. 
With the Arnold Palmer Open and UFC 285 this week, head on over to BetRivers Online Sportsbook because BetRivers has you covered with every line, odd, and boost. For all the golf fans out there, BetRivers is a place to bet the Arnold Palmer Open with top 10 insurance. Place your pre-tournament bet on an outright winner and the fun does not stop there as BetRivers has you covered with the UFC 285 parlay insurance offer and so much more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Buying Network, for the final segment for tonight. Have no fear, I'll be back with you guys at the same time in the same location tomorrow. But always great to get Scott Wright Shell aboard. He does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We talked a little bit of everything. We had some NBA, we had some NHL. We were able to hit with him some tennis in the previous hour and hour number two. If you miss anything, VSIN.com slash podcast for that and if you miss any of the picks made on today's show vcin.com slash picks for that but also talk some soccer we also were able to talk about the arnold palmer invitational so we're really covering a little bit of everything i know that we've got some ufc that's coming up on the show tomorrow as well so my goodness we've got you guys covered on pretty much every sport that you're able to bet right now so big thanks to all the guests for joining me on the show tonight but we're gonna close up strong here and Get you in to follow the money, which is coming up 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. And trying to find you guys a winner with regards to the DK Nation pick. Last two nights, the Big Ten has let us down. I don't think that they're going to let us down three nights in a row. And hopefully the luck is a little bit better than it's been the last two nights. But that said, let's take a look at 733, 734 on the board. Illinois is going to be playing us in Michigan. Michigan is between a three and a half to a four point underdog. Relatively 50-50 split on the market and your total it is 144 to 144 and a half. And my right up here is going to be on Illinois. I did set them as a six and a half point favorite with Illinois. They've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Jet Howard. Now you've got a or with Michigan, they've been dealing with an injury to Jet Howard. Now Illinois has been dealing with Matthew Meyer being out of practice last few days, apparently because he drank five monsters in a night, which that is not recommended. I am one that I frequent an energy a energy drink a day to keep the doctor away i don't recommend five that means that the doctor might be coming into your life and you don't want that but that's it and that that's an additional visa pro tip right there don't drink five monster energy drinks in one night i am sorry to the producers of monster but i think that they would probably agree with me there but you take a look at this michigan team and I do think that they're going to lose the battle on the glass. They rank right around 163rd in the country in terms of rebound rate. Illinois is a top 30 team in terms of rebound rate. And Illinois, what they do really well is being able to dominate things inside of the arc. They are 10th of the country in terms of opponents' two-point shooting percentage. They are 16th in their own two-point shooting percentage on offense. And you've got a Michigan team that, with having the injury to John Howard, who I think is going to play in this game, he was going through pregame warm-ups in the game against Wisconsin. Ultimately, it was a game-time decision. At game time, they decide, you know what, we are not going to trot him out there. But he's been able to take the pressure off this team a little bit in terms of his three-point shooting. And I've noticed that when he's off the floor, Hunter Dickinson needs to go further away from the ball and or further away from the rim. And it's a Michigan team that only has two guys that give you north of 4.2 rebounds per game. Dickinson, obviously one of them, 17 and a half points, eight and a half rebounds. And he's got good versatility, which almost is a little bit of a detriment because he takes about 1.4 threes per game when Jet Howard is out there on the floor playing his full allotment of minutes in the three games that Howard has been off the floor. 
he has had to take four threes per game, and I do think that that's going to lead to a little bit of a doomsday against an Illinois team that has a pair of guys in Coleman Hawkins along Dane Danger that combine for about 11 rebounds per game. Hawkins, good versatility at six foot ten, still saw nearly three assists per game. Both of these guys supply between nine to ten points per game, and then you got T.J. Shannon back at the fold for Illinois as well. He's been able to do a rock solid job, 17 points. He's able to give out three assists per game, and then Matthew Meyer, he's Going to hope to channel what he's been drinking and become a monster in this game. He's been able to supply the team with 10 plus points in 15 out of the last 17 games after having a rough month of November coming over from Baylor. He's been able to really get online, averaging about 12.5 points per contest, shoots 36% from three point range as a six foot nine versatile combo player. And you take a look at what he's been able to do recently, and he's really been one of the big reasons why Illinois has been so good, both on the offensive and the defensive side of things. As Illinois has been a much better defense at home rather than on the road. Much like many teams in the Big Ten, they've got pretty demonstrative home and road splits, but you take a look at this Illinois team, and they're giving up 17.1 points fewer per one-hour possessions when they are at home rather than when they are in a road-slash-shoot-record environment. You've got a Michigan team that gives up right around 7.5 points more when they are away from home, and it's a Michigan team that when Jet Hour has been out of the fold, They've been averaging right around 65.6 points per game in regulation. That throws out the crazy overtime that we saw against Wisconsin where they were a combined north of 30 points in that overtime. They don't call it under time for anything. So I do think that you've got a Michigan team that's going to be lacking a little bit on offense. I think that you are going to have Howard out there. I do not think that he's going to be playing at 100%. As a matter of fact, Javon Howard has been saying that his son has not been at 100% darn near for the entirety of the season. So that's a little bit of a detriment to this Michigan team. And I do think that Illinois, they're going to be able to win from within. I set Illinois as a six and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to take them in this spot. Got a pair of teams that they don't necessarily play at a super slow pace. They don't necessarily play at a super fast pace. If you're looking at the total, I did set it under Illinois about 118th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Michigan, they're hovering more around 185th, but because Illinois has been able to do such a good job at home with their defense, I do think that they're going to be able to prevail with that defense in this spot. As a matter of fact, in their last four home games, they've given up 70 points or fewer in every one of them. I think that that streak lasts. So DK Nation write-up, that is going to be on Illinois laying the three and a half to four. And with regards to the total, I'm also going to be taking a look at the under. How about if we take a look at a game that is out in the Pac-12 and I do think that this favorite is a little bit too chalky. 747-748 on the bang board. Arizona State, they threw it face off against UCLA. UCLA opened up as a 13-point favorite. Now we're getting more to my line. This is now pretty much 12 across the board. And your total on this game, you're going to be finding it anywhere between about a 133.5 to a 134. The 13 is what I really liked with Arizona State. Now that it's coming down a little bit more, I'd be a little bit more hesitant. I'd be waiting to see where this goes in the am because I too set my line more around a 11 and a half to a 12 because with UCLA, this team ranks fourth in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Maybe they will do a nice job. And if you're looking at teams, that I think can really not flame out in March to put it that way. I'm not talking about necessarily win the title, but a team that if you take them in your bracket, they're not going to become what, Kentucky was against St. Peter's or something like that. I think that it is UCLA. This team has so many ways of being able to attack you. 
They're very good with the ball, only turning the ball over 10 and a half times per game. They do the little things right. You've got Jalen Clark, who's in the top 20 nationally in terms of steals per game. Jaime Hawkins, he's a nice set. He'd suffer eight rebounds, about 16 points per game. Love what he's able to bring to the table. But for Arizona State, reason why I did like them on the opening number is because you do have the Cambridge brothers who are able to combine for about 24 points per game. Desmond Cambridge is able to shoot 35% from three. And the one thing that I noticed about UCLA, they don't necessarily have the world's greatest rim protection. Adam Bona has been able to give you a block and a half per game, but you've got seven-footer in Warren Washington down low for Arizona State. Who's been able to do a nice job of being able to give you six and a half rebounds per game. And this Arizona State defense, it's not quite what UCLA is, but they've been able to do a good job all year long. This Arizona State team is 29th of the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. Arizona State has actually been playing at a relatively brisk pace as well. Not a team that's looking to slow it down. 73rd in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Now, with Arizona State, they're coming off of giving up 87 points to Arizona. Prior to that, they had given up 70 points or fewer in four out of their last five games. So, I do think that they're going to get back to the roots a little bit more. UCLA, they're a team that has been looking to slow it down quite a bit themselves. Right around 250th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. I do think that this is going to be a little bit more of a slowed down, grimy game. So, I am going to be taking a look at the under. Like the way that Arizona State has been able to play on defense. On offense, they've got Frankie Collins giving them 11.5 points, 4.5 boards, 4.5 assists. But I do think that Amari Bailey on the flip side for UCLA does give them a nice dynamic piece as well. So here at the 12, it's a little bit more of a wait and see mode. If we can get back to that opener of 13, willing to buy in on Arizona State. If we go down even further, that'd be my buy point on UCLA to go along with this little under end. Let's give you guys the pro tip for the Greg Peterson experience tonight. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these by show and by sport. We were talking about this in our number one with our good friends, Justin Perry over at Jack Quality Bets, along with Tom Caselli of Action Network. Take a look at the venue in which these neutral court conference tournament games are being played and look at just some trends that we're noticing with regards to the shooting. Like I mentioned it for, oh, I don't know, the Missouri Valley Conference breakfast every single time two men that find nothing but the bottom of the basket they do not shoot bricks that'd be mitch moss paul howard follow the money that comes your way 4 a.m pacific 7 a.m eastern right here on vsin the sports bank network the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world we cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.